Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, with the support of subscribers like you and additional underwriting from Shimano North America. We are community-focused, community-supported, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. Always remember, at the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. is revolting with steve and robot on the cycling independent episode 43 kook games kook games and before we start i we are obligated to tell you that uh this podcast contemplates both mature and immature themes you might not like all the words we use or the ideas we bring up so if you're sensitive about these things maybe this isn't the podcast for you and that's just great that's just great. I, f- I feel like we should rewrite that. It should say this podcast contemplates immature themes and we s- and we swear a lot and just be like more. I feel like w- th- that sounds like official language. A little more forthcoming, like you're, a little if more you, forthcoming. If you don't if you don't have the sensibilities of the 14 year old child, then you probably aren't going to be on the same page as we are. Yeah. If you're bummed out by f- fart <clears throat> jokes and F bombs, this isn't the way you want to spend your next hour. <laughs> Because they'll be coming at you hot. That's it's with both barrels blazing. <laughs> uh, so episode forty three, Coot Games. What uh, what what what's this all about, robot? Or, well, okay. Good morning and good day. And yeah, slow your roll. What's God. uh? I know. I just gotta get. I gotta get on to other things. I'm <laughs> super. I'm, I'm super, very sorry. Super. To be I'm super holding busy. you up. Super busy these days. I got oh. laundry to fold. I mean, it's, it's, I got a super fold plate. I and want I'm working you to on like repeat. 14 hours of sleep right now, too. So I'm just like, oh, that's what you're like high on high on sleep. Mm-hmm. I want you to repeat for listeners what you said to me just before we started recording is the key <laughs> to a successful <laughs> podcast. Well, well okay, so, okay, so robot was. I said, so you want to spend the next half an hour talking about like what we did right in the last episode or something like that. And he's like, oh, I kind of lost track of like when when you started when he was saying this to me, when I started keeping track of like what was which ones were good. And I said, I think like early 20s, uh, like in the early 20s, these are the approved quality episodes. Yeah, the, the, just the yeah. first ones I thought were kind of start kind of start and stop and. And, you know, we didn't, I didn't really, personally, I didn't really know what I was doing because I've never done this before. And having to, to package a conversation is sort of a, was sort of an awkward concept for me. And so I just said like, oh, well, you know, kind of when I started like (laughs) listening to, (laughs) listening to what you're saying and responding to it, like, (laughs) then I think things kind of got good, but it's, it's not as simple as that. Like I really have to internalize and really have to contemplate what we're talking about as ridiculous as that sounds, because that's how you have a conversation. Um, I think, (laughs) I think I was feeling a little bit, uh, a little under pressure to make to make uh you know contemplative responses or consider oh. responses when that's what you do in a conversation but 
when you're recording it and you're constantly thinking of or distracted about how this is going to sound when it's done and pushed out into the world forever. Uh, I think, I guess I was just feeling a little self-conscious and now do you think, I don't care. Do you think any of these are going to get played in court one day? Like you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be behind a desk and someone's going to press play and say, Mr. Knievel, did you say, I love, uh, like true crime stuff. Like, a, you know, um, and I always they always talk about like, and then we went into their search history, and I'm like, well, fuck if that, if that's all it's gonna take, I'm I'm a dead man. Like, <laughs> just lock me up and throw away the key. It used to be, uh, you know, I'd be working on some Photoshop project, and my wife would walk in, and I would have a computer page. The computer screen was just full of penises, and she just like turn, <laughs> turn, would, like walk in and turn around and walk back out again. Like yeah. I have everything, you know, whether it's um whether it's uh, stuff that I'm using for uh, drawings or paintings and not specifically penises. Cause that's usually like, you know, I'm so mad at somebody or I'm like Photoshopping <laughs> a penis onto somebody's forehead, which is always gold. Uh, but it could be any, it could be anything like anything. Everything is available at your fingertips. And so like I search a- anything from political history and African countries to, uh, you know, how to make a potato cannon to it's just w- whatever. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel like, yes, at some point this will probably be used against me. Yeah. But taken, it's possible. taken out of context, anything can be a little damning, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. When I Google like photos of Hitler fucking Satan or something like that. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Yeah, as one does. Because I'm curious. Someone must have. You know, someone has photoshopped that. Uh, yeah. So I think, in, you know, big in 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 the big picture, I think what we're doing is is all right. And oh. anybody, I mean, you've got the West Memphis Three, and they were all convicted because they listened to metal and wore black T-shirts and didn't. If anyone who's listening isn't familiar about the saga of the West Memphis Three. It's a pretty interesting insight uh, on like into the satanic panic of the 80s and 90s. And uh, what we do here, you know, like I said, if, it, if it's taken out of context, this could be used, probably used against us. But anybody with uh, the ability to think critically would listen to this and just think, oh, these people are ridiculous and move on. You just said satanic panic, and I I thought to myself that that hot topic should come back and just call itself satanic panic, and I feel like they would capture uh, a large part of the disaffected youth population as customers. They might circle back around. You can't just—they just have like Hello Kitty backpacks and stuff in there now. I went in to one in the local mall, which is a total ghost town, uh, but I went in there to try to find a white leather belt i Mm. have i have one somewhere but i couldn't find it so i had to buy a new one because on wizard staff day i decided that i wanted to wear all white right and and that was there was for no reason for that other than i wanted to see how it went it sort of transitioned from totally pristine and i don't wear a lot of white because i spill food on myself constantly or bleed or just fall down about it yeah so I wanted to get like 
you know, the start and the end of the day. And one would be all crisp and pressed. And, uh, and then the other one would be just me covered in grass stains. <laughs> uh, but it, it, didn't, it didn't end up really working out that way. But you I went said, to Hot Topic. I d- oh, yeah, I did. Um, and they didn't have white belts, but they had all kinds of other stupid shit. They had there's a it's not like it's not like the Seenster Kids store of yesteryear. Yeah, it's uh, they've moved on to other stuff. And I don't really I didn't really understand any of it. I, f- I find all that sad mall trash very compelling. Like mm-hmm. I walk by Spencer's gifts and I'm like, ah, uh, there's some part of me that wants th- stuff that's in there for no reason other than that it's stupid. You know, I get I get the same thing if I'm going camping or if I'm going to do like a weekend at a bike race or something. I walk into the, the grocery store and I'm like, well, I've got to get a snorkel. Uh, you know, or I, like uh, yeah. I, I need, I fucking need a 10 pack of beach balls or whatever. Like I, I end up my, um, uh, what's it called? Compulsive purchases. <laughs> what, are, yeah. what do they call that? Like when they, at the checkout, they have the gum and all of this stuff. Oh, right the impulse. There. impulse yeah. Purchases. The impulse yeah. buys. I, I yeah. get, that's when it gets white hot for me is when I have a weekend where I'm going to go ride bikes and drink beer and goof around in the woods. I have to buy like a bunch of plastic trucks or it, and it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. I've curbed it in the last 10 years, but I, Jesus, before one sea otter, I walked out of there. It was like that scene in dumb and dumber when he's walking down the street with like pinwheels and boxes of beer and a giant foam cowboy hat. Like right. that, that was the kind of shit that I was doing. And I, I don't yeah, do that I can, so much anymore. I can relate to that. I, I go in like any time where like if we go on a ski trip or a mountain bike trip or any trip, I go in the grocery store and I'm like, I would never think this on any conventional trip to the grocery store. But on a on any kind of trip, uh, I'm like, well, I haven't had Slim Jim, a Slim Jim in forever. <laughs> and let's check out what the new Pop-Tarts <laughs> are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's not, it's not just me. It's, it's by, I don't know what we call it. Vacation brain, maybe where you just like reason goes out the window and suddenly you need to buy a bunch of ridiculous shit. You're like, I don't, maybe I'm a bubblegum guy like that. You know, it just occurs to you. Like I I never buy gum, but maybe I'm a bubblegum guy after all. This is the week to find out. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it's, it's, I'm not the only one. But uh, the smell of shopping malls, I think that's something that is super reminiscent. It never changes, and it's always the same in every mall you ever go to. It's like pretzels and perfume and mm-hmm. and the off-gassing of, like, millions of tons of brand-new clothing mm-hmm. and uh, chlorine, probably, from the fountain, because every mall has a fountain. And it's then I really, feel like... Whatever the floor polish is also mm. is there. Yeah, it's I mean, it's there's something it's kind of. Um, having grown up in the 80s and going to malls to just because that was like a social center mm. um, and you could find tons of pavement, which was interesting to me mm. just because I didn't grow up with any pavement. Uh, and it was fun oh, to yeah. ride skateboards on and stuff. So, so it's like. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's got a endearing spot in my memory banks. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah, mall, schmall. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about, uh, podcast stuff. 
Yeah, let's do that. Uh, we now that we've spun off into space and uh, landed the, the spacecraft again, let's get out and do this podcast. You got uh, um, music music picks. Is that what we're doing first? We'll do that, and then we'll we'll do the we'll do the episode. What's your music pick this week? Mine's a mess, but you, what's yours? Mine's you know mine's always a mess. Um, uh, I feel like I can never. I'm constantly like scribbling down little notes and stuff and then I forget all of them and I sit down and then I forget to open the notes while you're reading the intro and then I'm like <laughs> scrambling to read the content warning. And then by that point, anything that I was remembering five minutes before is totally gone out the window. But yeah. that said, um, there's a record called The Spark That Moves by a Canadian punk band called The Cancer Bats. Oh, yeah, cancer bats. Yep. Yeah, I would say that they're kind of a crowd for people who haven't heard them. I mean, their aesthetic is a little bit like a like Ooh. a punk, like a punk uh, red fang a little bit like they definitely don't take themselves very seriously, um, but they're not like the, the Aquabats or like some kind of goofy cartoon punk band. Like they definitely right. write compelling music. They just, you know, it just seems like they have good sense of senses of humor. And um, I bought that record maybe a month and a half ago, and then it got kind of shuffled back in my pile of recent purchases, and I've been revisiting that recently. So that is uh, my pick for the 43rd episode of uh, Revolting, the Revolting Podcast. Yes. I like it. I'm, I, I have been listening to a bunch of old stuff, uh, 80s stuff lately, Cause I just needed to give my brain a break from heavy chaotic music. And I was having a hard time deciding on any one band. Uh, but actually since you named a Canadian punk band, I'm going to, I'm going to swerve and also pick a Canadian punk band from that period. The Nils, mm. um, they put out a record called the Nils <laughs> in 1987 and it's like I, I would call them the Canadian replacements. Oh, far out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, that is a great record. Um, the song um, "In Betweens" is a particularly great one. I like to I, when I may recommend a, a band. If, if I like to name, I like to give like a litmus test song, right? Like if you want to check this band out. Listen to this song. If you don't like it, then back out. This band isn't for you. So In Betweens is that song, but also Daylight is a good song. Um, yeah, it's Canadian Replacements, the Nils. It's not fair to call them the Canadian Replacements. Well, the Replacements were almost the Canadian Replacements. You know, if there were another couple hundred miles north, they would have been the Canadian Replacements. They were yeah. close. They were close. Yeah, I didn't. You know, there were so there's so many years that I, there was nothing that came out of Canada that was very interesting to me. But this is uh -huh. you know like a couple of decades ago. There was one like kind of skate punk band. I don't remember what they were called. And uh, SNFU and which SNFU wasn't my favorite, but I but I just loved I loved them anyway. Yeah. Um, and and then that was kind of it for a long time. It just seemed like it was this big wasteland. And probably... I'm just gonna. I'm gonna throw two bands out though. No means no, Canadians. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and TSOL. I don't know if you like them. No, they're from Southern California. What are you talking TSOL? about? TSOL? Yeah. Crazy. Jesus, I sound Jesus. like an idiot now. <sighs> uh, anyway. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, you're right. They're from Long Beach. Oh my Long God. Beach, Canada. Long God, Beach. What? <laughs> Long Beach, Saskatchewan. Well, there's, yeah. pro- there's probably a Long Beach up there too. Uh, point being that my my brain, my mind has been changed. You know, but oh. this was I'm talking like late '80s uh, that I thought it was just sort of this wasteland, and definitely in the last 20 years, 25 years. Uh. I've come to learn about all kinds of great stuff from Canada. So I take back my initial assessment, my 17 year old assessment, and I replace it with my 51 year old assessment. So we love you, Canada. Double thumbs up, Canada. Uh, what, <clears throat> what are we talking about? Today's today. We're talking about competitive <laughs> bike events today okay. on revolting. OK, we're talking uh, about competitive bike events that aren't races or aren't just yeah. races, the sorts of things we'd like to see added to the UCI calendar. That's right. I love, I love these kind of things. They're like rallies. Like, um, I've never been to the dirt rag punk bike enduro that used to happen. Um, mm-hmm. but so I can't speak from any experience as far as that one is concerned, but I've been to several homie fall fests in Minneapolis and would love to try to configure something like that. I mean, I've been trying to work on something like that in the Bay area forever, but it was just a logistical, logistical nightmare. Cause you can't ride bikes in the Bay area, um, in mass without call in, you know, and having like a fire or something, you would have to reserve a campsite and it would happen to happen at a certain time of year. And then you'd have to get everybody like across the bridge and you could, could you ride in the city and then everybody ride across the bridge? It was just like, it was the idea of it was like herding cats. So I never put anything like that together there, but the homie fall well, fest ex- is awesome. Explain to listeners what homie fall fest is. It's just a rolling shit show. That's organized by nobody. <laughs> you it's a uh, single speed specific. You, everybody shows up at a bar or some pre designated place and you roll out and it's not like it's just it's just everybody goes and then there's no leader and somebody says hey let's go this way let's there's this like a baseball diamond and you and then all of a sudden there's this huge like 40 person derby and and then everybody gets their clocks cleaned at that and then you and they say okay let's go on to this next thing and so you ride to this next thing and you and you have like the they have feats of strength and it's stupid shit like ride can it's you know we we always talk about riding bikes you know like being like the kid in the vacant lot like it's like that it is a celebration of being a kid in the vacant lot so there's this little rock wall and so you got to ride this rock wall or you got to ride this tricky section and there's some people who are kind of new to riding bikes maybe and there's some people who are super fucking good bmx jumper kids and they're doing all this rad stuff and then and then, uh, and I, by kid, I mean, the, to use the term super loosely, cause some of these people might be in their twenties or thirties or fifties and everybody's just getting loose. And then, uh, the first or second year I went, we had this, uh, we had this team relay event. So you got a team of four people, I guess. And there's this whole section, this whole segment of like, hobo trails that had all been cleaned up and it was 
just out in this section of woods. I don't even know where we were. And then you got to ride through and tag your teammate. And then everybody's mobbing your teammate, keeping them to, from getting back on their bikes. It was like the most fun pit you've ever been in in your <laughs> life. But people are riding bikes and then somebody brings out a huge chunk of venison and there's fires and everybody's on mushrooms and homemade mold wine. And, and were you at Burning Man? Fucking maple bacon donuts. And oh, yeah. It, and people like bring out like trailers full of homemade burritos and then everybody eat. It's just it's it's the funnest. It's probably one of the funnest times I've ever had on a bike. Homie Fall Fest. The Homie Fall Fest. And I think it I haven't been in a number of years, but it is an, it's an absolute blast. I really, really want to do now that Cheever and Hurl, uh, you know, they've landed in Portland and I'm in Northern Washington. Like I want to organize something like that here just to kind of try to bring some of that magic to the West coast. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Lord's work, someone has to do it. Well, it's just, it, it might be small the first year. It might be 15 or 20 people or 30 people, you know, and then people kind of catch on like, oh, fuck, that was awesome. Like racing, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't get behind that anymore, you know? Yeah. Doesn't, just, it does not interest me. I've been kind of thinking about trying to find a cross country race again. Like I've been thinking about cross country racing again, but those don't really exist. So it's like enduro events and I don't give a shit about those. Mm. So. It's just being on bikes with your friends, you know? Yeah. And that's the best. That's everything. Um, and I don't know. Let me think of where else. Ah, uh, shit. Thing like random, random things like this happen everywhere. If you have, you know, 15 people, but unfortunately they get piled in with like, you know, single speed USA, which is a super cool event. Um, or single speed mountain bike worlds or cross worlds where it's kind of like this, but it's a little, you know, the money is involved and it's a little yeah. less spontaneous and underground. And yeah. Um, what you no have, money should be involved unless it's being set alight. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything? Is there anything like this in new England? Um, <laughs> Not really. You know, like occasionally there would be alley cats around Boston, um, but not a lot. Not a lot. New England, people in New England aren't fun. We don't do fun. That's not really because get out of our way. We have mm. shit to do. Um, I would like to see a bike sumo uh, competition developed where it's two people on bikes uh, in a in a circle, a, an enclosed circle, probably paint, and then um, first person to put their foot down or leave the circle loses. So it's just it's just like a two person derby. Yeah, I invented a move. There was a derby. Uh, in messengers, or it wasn't even messengers. I don't know where foot down came from, but it was always just a derby because you're you're trying to knock your opponents down and foot right. down is a, a stupid name for just called a derby. Right. And, uh, Marla Streb had this thing where it, it was essentially a derby at sea otter one year. And if you won, you got a trip to Costa Rica. Oh, I think. And she was like opening some kind of mountain bike park there. I don't know exactly what came of that, but, um, 
I invented a, a derby move called the rodeo cowboy. And that is when it's just you and one other person and you jump off of your bike and tackle them. They hit oh. the ground, but you're on top of them. And so you oh. don't touch the ground. So you essentially, you know, I mean, by the rules, according to the rules, you just won. Right. People hate that move. <laughs> I can believe that. <laughs> I can believe that that was an unpopular thing yeah. to have happen to you. I don't think I, I think I won or maybe, maybe I got like, I was like, down to the very last person and I, I might've gotten taken out or my, my foot touched the ground, whatever. Um, ended up not going to Costa Rica, but I don't think there's a mountain bike park there. And I don't know what happened to Marla Streb and her mountain bike, her Costa Rican mountain park, mountain bike park dreams after that. Uh, but derbies, I mean, derbies, it's lonely at the top, right? You were like, you're like, (laughs) you know, the king of the derby and no one wanted to be your friend I, anymore. I play, I play pretty dirty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's a bike sumo match would just be a derby with two people. Yeah. Oh, hey, it's story time with steve When I was eight or nine years old, my mom and dad bought me my first BMX bike. It was a JCPenney Free Spirit. And in time, I went on to put some nice accessories and components on it, like a tough neck stem and CW bars, which just made it sort of the embodiment of putting a nice frame on a shitty painting. One day I was hanging out at the local bike shop, which during the winter was a ski shop. It was a little tiny place run by this guy named Andy. And one day he gave me a 10 inch long die cut Shimano sticker. It was blue I didn't really know what Shimano was or anything about it, but I put it on my top tube and immediately made the bike 150% cooler. It was around that time that I probably became a lifelong Shimano guy. I like that because it's, um, you know, the thing about a derby is people who, you know, people are always sneaking up behind you. I know, like, there is a, a nice chaos to it, but I feel like the sumo, the one-on-one, uh, then requires a bunch of skill. And I'll, I'll tell you, whenever I've participated in a thing like this, I always fall off because I'm laughing too hard. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that, that tracks. It is super fun. I think a lot of people get... Uh, I couldn't ever figure out why anything like this didn't really occur anything like a homie didn't really occur anywhere else. Um, it's, it, it was because it, at least at one point, like everybody worked at quality and everybody had ample, you know, like you get your top, you get your wheel tacoed, you just go into work and pull another one, you know? Right. Uh, and you definitely like, you don't want to ride your nice bike to something like this. For people at home who don't know what quality is, it's uh QBP quality bicycle, uh, parts, which is headquartered in Minneapolis. It's like where all of the stuff comes from. <laughs> it's yeah. It's one of the big parts distributors, uh, Bloomington yeah. technically we're going to get specific. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry guys. Uh, I did for a while in Santa Cruz, I did the Wednesday night rides and we would go, you'd meet up at this place called twin gates. And I think the first one we started on June 6th in 2006, and we listened to Slayer the whole time. But we, I would have different events. Um, there'd be like wheel bowling was one and 
Um, you had to ride up. I did a hot dog hill climb one time. I grilled up a bunch <laughs> of dogs and carried them up. Go Ooh. back to wheel bowl bowling and then we'll do the hot dog thing. Uh, what What is wheel bowling? It'd be like you just set up a, a bunch of bottles or cans. I guess in this case, we had a bunch of empties and then you would roll a wheel from, you know, 30 feet mm. uh, and try to knock them down. That was one of the one of the feet feats. Not really a feat, but it was one of the uh, competitions um, the hot dog hill climb, you had to ride up this really tricky technical trail, uh, with holding, eating it while eating a hot dog. That was one. We did time trials. We did BB gun. It was almost like a biathlon where you had it. There's a Le Mans style start. You know, you slam a beer or you do a dizzy bat. If you don't want to drink, you do five times around a dizzy bat and then you run and you get on your bike and you do this little single track loop, come back. You have to shoot a can at about 20 <laughs> or 30 paces, tag yeah. your teammate, and then they take off in the same single track, but in the opposite direction. So mm. you kind of got to sharpen your hockey skills, your hockey checking skills. Right. Because you're riding basically upstream and then you come back and you do, I don't know, five laps like that. Yeah. Or uh, six laps, like three laps a, a person. Um Did do you think this is what cyclocross should be? No, no. Mm. Cyclocross just should stay cyclocross. But mm. but like stuff like this, you know, I, I don't I don't know. It just it just it just does my heart. It just does my heart good to, to like to just be with friends, like doing stupid stuff, like the time trial, the mountain bike, like XE time trial stuff that we did in Santa Cruz. Barry Wicks would show up to that. And Barry Wicks would fucking annihilate everybody. It was kind of, right. you know, where everybody was chasing for second place. But he was like always there and always, you know, he was always present. And he was always down to goof off because he likes being a numbskull and he likes riding bikes. And yeah. um, and then at the end of the season, I made tr I made trophies and uh, that went on for a while, but there's still a group of people who do Wednesday night rides or Wednesday night races or whatever, like Wednesday night events, um, all through the summer. Like there's still people doing it now all these years later. And that feels pretty good to me. That is good. You could it's, even go back and participate. I thought about it for a long yeah. time and I just never got my, I just never got my shit together. Now it's, you know, a thousand miles away. So I probably am not going to do that anytime soon. Right. But again, it all boils down to just being a goof, like your dumb kid with your dumb friends riding circles and drinking sodas in the vacant yeah. lot, you know? Yeah. Like more of that. Do more of that. Yeah. No, I'm down with that. You, there's a thing you were telling me about. Is this right in the notes uh, on um, Wizard Staff's day in on down on the California coast? San Luis Obispo. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do a thing. I've never been to that. I always see pictures of it and they have, they do all kinds of stupid shit down there. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think I know. I don't think I know any of them and or I've never, I don't think I've met any of them, but they have totally like taken this whole thing on. They're out, you know, San Luis Obispo is super beautiful little town on the central coast. Uh, rolling hills and they just go out and they meet at a spot and everybody mobs like i don't think they don't give a shit they maybe don't even know about 
was it like the the how Wizard Staff Day came about or whatever? Well, There's why don't you explain home. what Wizard Staff Day is? Okay, well, uh, fuck. I, I don't know. I think it probably like building Wizard Staff. I the first I ever heard about it was um on some skate trip. Basically, you drink a beer and then you tape a full one on your empty. And then you drink that beer and then you tape a full one on that, on those two empties and, and so on until you have a staff that's head high. And that's when you become a wizard. And then you can go, you know, by the time it's like 25 high, you're pretty heated. And you're my staff always end up getting thrown on the roof or something like it get you get in sword fights or whatever. It's just a silly drinking game. But um, uh, this guy, Jeff. Uh, taught me about, or he taught me about it. Like he, I guess he originally taught me about it. And then I did a little bit of investigation and found out that like it had happened on skate trips. Maybe the anti-hero guys came up with it, but Mm -hmm. um, we did it at a San Diego bike show. Like it was one of the, you know, one of the few uh, shows that sprung up in the wake of the handmade show. And I thought it was really, it was a super fun game. You know, drinking beer is fun, but when you turn it into like a competition, then that even becomes more fun. Sure. And I decided that there needed to be a day specifically for it. Yes. And so I randomly picked the third Saturday in June. Like that just seemed like a good one to do it on. Right. And I think we'd been doing it for, I think this year was 13 years. I think that's right. It's a, yeah, there's Hallmark cards now, I think, right? <laughs> it's it's silly. It's just dumb. It's just dumb fun. Uh, yeah, and so San Luis Obispo, the folks in San Luis Obispo have taken it on, and they do a whole bike event about it. And it looks like a gas. Like, I'll see pictures, and it looks like everybody's having a lot of fun. I think it's pretty amazing that you don't know any of them but they do this thing on this holiday that you invented. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the butterfly effect. Well, it's just, you know, you see something that looks stupid and silly and that maybe makes you laugh or feel good or whatever. And you say like, Oh, I'm going to put together some kind of a, I want to do it. I want to be dumb with my friends. Right. That's it. That's it. it. It's not any more complicated than that. And so they have a thing. Yeah, they've done a thing. I don't, you know, I don't know anything about like alley cats. I never did those. I did. There would be like pickup. They're almost like. What's the term? Um, They were like pickup bike races uh, when I was a messenger and you'd be at a bar and a bunch of people would show up. And then all of a sudden you'd be like doing an alley cat. Uh, (laughs) Which I guess, you know, like after you've been riding, um, after you've been riding a bike for eight hours, uh, then what do you want to do? Go ride your bike for another couple hours? As but hard as you can. I don't. Yeah, I did. I did a couple and I did the Messenger Worlds in 90. What year was that? 1996, I guess. Uh, which sucked. I rode my I rode my ass off and I got like five points. It was kind of like pretty similar to how my whole Messenger career was like ride a hundred miles a day and make like $40. (laughs) Right. (laughs) uh, And then after I, after I quit messengering, I I didn't do, I don't really like riding in traffic that much. So Ah. doing it recreationally never seemed like very much fun to me. 
Um, I used to really like it. I used to really like riding in traffic, and then I got really hit a few times, and then I really just disliked it after yeah. that. It's weird. It's, I mean, it's fun. Like, I'll do it. I do it to go everywhere, you know, But and it's, I enjoy being on my bike, but, like, the idea of, like, oh, I got to get across town as fast as possible to do this thing. Like, I did that for a living, and right. and to and doing it for fun, it doesn't none of those boxes are checked in my brain. Like there's a million other things I do for fun, but that's right. That's not one of them. Um, Minneapolis has, uh, the Stuper bowl. That's another big rally. It's big, actually big alley cat. They do, they do snowball chance in hell. They just like, they're good at, they're good at everybody. there. just loves riding bikes and you, and they come up with, whimsical new ways of doing it and the winters there are so brutal that they have to figure out how to have fun or they'll everybody will lose their minds you know yeah um so i think i want to take a page from that book and i would love to constantly make things for people to do to have fun i'm just not very organized so (laughs) yeah i'm not organized and when i find something that's fun to do i don't think I should share this with other people. <laughs> What's that about? I don't know. I don't know. Like I went mountain biking the other day and we came upon a, I guess it was a construction site, but not a very busy one. And it had like these two big piles of gravel right next to each other. And so I spent a little time trying to jump ride up and jump off one pile onto the other, but it was too loose. And I kept kind of just falling down and laughing um, but I don't think to myself, oh, uh, we should get everyone out to this construction site. Hmm. Well, I, okay. To be fair, cause I'm actually thinking about like a couple of the people I ride with, if they like to do big rides, you know? And so, and I'm always the guy who's like, wait, you, you got, I want to check out this weird thing I found. And, you know, people are constantly like, I'm just like a, the anchor, like, Right. I'm I'm happy to ride, but if there's something weird that I want to goof around on or that I think right. it would be fun to spend 30 minutes, like, I, you know, like th- th- people don't vibe with that. So I don't, you need to have, it's, you have to have people who are like-minded, right? So That's right. That's exactly right. You can't go out and do that thing and force people to look at riding a board over a pile of gravel through the same lens that you are. But if, they switch that mentality or everybody kind of aligns their perspective of like, Oh, this is, this is actually fun. And I, and I think maybe creating an environment where you do that kind of shit allows everybody to kind of shift their perspective. And then they see it through that same way. We're not going out to do a big death march. We're, we're just doing a cruise and we're going to hit little sections and we're going to hang out. We're going to do a derby and we're going to drink beer and we're going to eat hot dogs or whatever, whatever it is where you're going to spend the day. You might ride 20 miles and it might take you eight hours. (laughs) Yeah. I love that stuff. That's just, that's like the most kind of fun bike riding to me. Yeah. I'm down for that. I'm, I'm, I am. I mean, I don't want to say I'm over long point to point rides because, you know, every time I think I'm over something, I cycle back to it. Uh, everything, you know, to everything, turn, turn, turn. Mm. Uh, but uh, nice work. Uh, oh, thank you. Was that uh, Peter Paul and Bloody Mary? I think it was the birds. Oh, 
You're right. Uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, my dad is listening. to I think this. it was TSOL. You know that Canadian <laughs> band. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> my dad, the music teacher. If he if he heard me just say mistake the birds lyrics for Peter Paul and Mary, he he. I'm sure he'd just cringe. Oh wait, real quick. I've been my. I listened. I've listened to two episodes of this with my parents. Oh, and yeah. it's super fun. And then also I'm just like crawling out of my skin. Yeah. And then my mom binged like 12 episodes the other oh, day. No. Yeah. She listened to probably the good ones. Oh, hopefully the good ones. I told her, just don't listen to the first ones. They were too awkward. Um, mom Knievel, I'm real. So I'm real sorry. She like she really liked them. They really liked them. Like they, <sighs> my mom has described them and with using words I don't understand, but they were complimentary. <laughs> they were big, multi-syllabic big words. Yes, yeah. Hmm. Uh, is so that's really fun. I didn't think that it would be something that they would enjoy, but it's kind of listening. And then when I listen to it with them, I'm listening it to it through their ears. You know, like processing it how not how I process it or any of my friends might process it, but how they hear it, and it's like. I have apologized for the spicy language and she doesn't care. So it's all good. Yeah. My, my I think, you like know, it. I was listening critically. We're totally off topic now. Mm -hmm. uh, I was listening critically and this is, I've been trying to do this today. Uh, we drop a lot of names of people that you and I both know or know who they are. And I think maybe some listeners like uh, Marla Streb, famous uh, mountain bike racer, yeah. Uh, we were talking about her before. Uh, you talked about um, Hurl, Everstone, and Cheever, who are just, uh, what, how would you describe them? Erstwhile? Uh, they, I like, don't know. They're just, they're just, they're, they're, they're characters in the bike world. Uh, Hurl has, he's done Cars or Coffins, which started as a fanzine. And I, I guess people like that who I reference in other episodes, I assume that like, the foundation has been laid and people are already familiar oh. with who they are. But uh, yeah, they're just, you know, they're, they're characters. Um, Hurl works at Sugar Wheel Works in Portland now. And I have no idea what Cheever does. He's sort of Cheever's like the bike world's Flava Flav. Like he's just a, he's just a, I don't know. He's just a, he's just a dude. Like, you know, he's just a character. They're just characters. Sure. Um, and, uh, and good human beings. So yeah, I should be better about, reiterating who these people we, are we have to explain more stuff because we don't want to be those secret handshake people that only right, right. let some people into the right, party right. everyone you're right everyone in you're right you're right so yeah. i will be I, I will be better i will be better about this going forward but i do have the experience of people who i wouldn't you know like there's some people who i would say hey maybe check this podcast out you might like it uh but most people i know i would not say that to uh, but it sort of like gets out that you do a podcast and then people listen to it. And yeah, I mean, I, uh, people are pretty positive about it. Um, I don't want to do that thing where we like hype our own podcast on our own podcast, but like, yeah, people, I get a lot of good feedback about it from people that I would not anticipate enjoying it. That's great. That's great. I'm, I don't know if I've brought this up or if it was just something that I, uh, think about on my own. Um, like the meaning of life and 
you know, what does it all mean? Stuff like that. But, uh, I'm so used to not liking things that I do. Like, uh, you spend so much time laboring over a thing, uh, whether it's a drawing or painting or a thing, the thing that you write or whatever. And, and I just, whatever, fuck, when you're done with it, you're just finally glad to, to be done with it. And because I don't really know what this looks like or sounds like until it comes out, it's all brand new when I hear it again, which is a really (laughs) fun. Yeah. It's a really fun experience for me because I usually hate anything that I work on. Hate is a strong word. I don't like anything that I work on. Yeah. Um, you know, and we've talked about bands. Like I wish that I wish that one of my favorite, some of my favorite bands could hear the music the same way that I hear it. But then mm. you pointed out that they hear other people's music the same way that I hear their music. So it's all, you know, whatever. It's all relative. Uh, but for the first time in my life, I'm getting immediate because the the whole process, I don't really hear what we're doing when we're doing it. And then I hear it through sort of new ears and I get this whole brand new experience when the when an episode comes out and it's fun like yeah you know for the first time in my life i'm experiencing that and it's nice yeah i have that same thing it's uh, when we're doing it i'm concentrating on what you're saying uh right and, like, you know like we're, we're, we're like trying to stay in a groove and obviously we don't ever stay on topic but i am trying to stay on topic all the time yeah. so i'm expending a lot of mental energy that you can't hear and then when the when the thing is mixed and it finally comes out i'm like it, it is like hearing it for the first time yeah yeah, so good for uh, us. Good for us. Yeah. We're just sitting here and enjoying the smell of our own farts. We are. What? You know, uh, I smell so good right now. I went, you can't see, I just went and got the little gentleman at the barbershop for the first time. I normally shave my own head. Yeah, you paid for that? But I paid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks, it looks great. Yeah, but he sprayed <laughs> some. he sprayed some nice stuff on me, and it made me think, Jesus, how do I normally smell this smells so nice. I feel like I got to go out and share this with the world. Yeah. Uh, what were you talking about before all of that? Like we were, there was a point that we just started to touch on. Um, <laughs> there was fucking shit that's lost. Well, I started talking about listening to it with my parents, but right before oh, yeah. that we were on to that doesn't matter. Um, <gasps> so this is kind of your marching orders or anybody who's listening to this, like, if if that kind of activity or that the, the the concept of going out and just like mobbing around and going exploring, like you're not going on a mountain bike ride and you're not going to go on a road bike ride or a mixed terrain ride or whatever, but you're just going to go like, let's go fucking explore. Let's go collect beetles or let's go like make a little... So like my friend Craig and I have been talking about riding our bikes to the woods and finding a little spot and making like making trails for our RC trucks. And that idea just thrills me beyond description because it can be a mountain bike ride, but it's a mountain bike ride to go play and playing is while we ride bikes and have fun and stuff like going and playing. I just, I just adore it. I adore it. And I want to do, I want to do more of it. Yeah. Where the bike is the vehicle to get you to a a different kind of fun or, uh, you know, like expand one's parameters of what like a fun bike ride looks like. Yeah. 
yeah. So that's sometimes. what that's what you should do. That's what just like with that in mind and going out to the construction site. And I know, you know, somebody that you would totally click with on this and like, let's go, let's go, let's be, let's pretend we're 10 years old and go fucking be 10 year olds and bikes in the woods. Yeah. 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 It's important. It's the next mm-hmm. thing. It's the first thing and the next thing. It's the, fir- it's the first thing. That's the foundation. That's the building blocks like that. I don't know what I can't speak for everybody, obviously, but that was the thing that attracted me to riding bikes at the very beginning. The very first time I ever was able to like leave my the zone, the immediate zone that I could walk. But like I can go so much farther on this bike and I can go meet friends at this one spot and we build jumps and we have pine cone wars. Right. Or we, you know, break windows and old like busted cabins or explore or f- go find a stack of playboys that somebody's older brother stashed under a pile of woods or I mean, a hope. pile of logs. Yeah. Or just like that stuff is so, it's so fundamental to my entire bike riding experience. And I hope I never lose it. But that's the kind of thing that I want other people to experience and I want to share with other people. And I guess, you know, as as silly as things like the homie Fall Fest are like that is that harkens back to those days most concisely. And I guess that's what I love about them so much. Yeah. So that's what everybody should do that. Give it just give it a shot. And if you if you are doing this stuff with your friends already, uh, uh, throw it in the comments uh because yeah. we could all use some ideas <clears throat> i want to know about i want to know about other things that other people are doing like i get yeah. little glimpses here and there but there's so much i don't know the internet there's just so much noise yeah there's but a bunch of stuff of, on the internet that kind of stuff seems to sort of bubble to the top um and when i do hear about it or i do find out about it i want to know more and i want to investigate and um yeah i think maybe Maybe that's my New Year's resolution is to get stuff, more stuff like that happening. Yeah. Yeah. I buy that. I buy that. There, uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. So what, what do we got? Question one. We hit handle question one. We handle question two. We hand, then we talked about spun off and talked about all kinds of other nonsense. Yeah. Question three time. Is that the, is that's a would you rather, I guess. Eh? It is. It is. And okay. I wrote this one myself. This is my own creation and I wrote it specifically for you. Oh, Okay. Well, oh, I'm pl- I'm playing like I didn't read it, but I I did read it. I have read it. I read it last night. When you read one. it, what was your first thought? Uh, I got a little I got a little stymied. That's good. That's good. I th- I was hoping to stymie you. Let's. Why don't you read it out loud, or do you want me to okay. read it? No, I'll read it. You do it. Would you rather be able to heal the people you love, no matter what's wrong with them? Uh, you have to genuinely love them in order to have the power to heal them or be able to communicate telepathically with animals, but no one will believe you actually can do it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go for the former, um, healing the people you love. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. I really thought if I dangled telepathic communication with animals that you would 
this is why healing people you love was my alternative because I was like, "There's, it's going to be so hard to get him <laughs> to not go for telepathic communication with animals. Well, it would be, I mean, that would be super tight. Um, but I think my relationship with animals is real good. I mean, I'm no Dr. Doolittle or anything, but I vibe with animals so fucking hard. And I always have since I was a little kid and not, and I'm not, I don't have, you know, I don't communicate with them. I don't telepathic. There's nothing, but it's just like, I know when an animal, like I can tell what an animal, how it's just, you know, you know, when they, you know, when it clicks, you know how they feel, you know what they think of you, you know what they think of the exchange that you're having and you can make it as, as positive as possible and get down on their level. So you're not like towering over them and, you know, dogs who are a little skittish, you lay down on your back and that makes them feel more comfortable. I don't know. Like I just, I just, I think I kind of have a pretty innate ability to communicate with animals as it is. So I think what you're saying is that you're just going to get both because you already have one, but you're not even bothering to tell us that you telepathically communicate with animals because no one's going to believe you. That's crazy. But what I can see in your eye is already that you're like dogs and cats. Fuck yeah. I speak dog and cat. Don't be an idiot. And and I can horse too a little bit. Horse. Yeah. I had a, I had a ex-girlfriend who like horses scared the shit out of me. Not like I was, I mean, I get around them, but they're just such immense animal. They're just so big and they're so, they're so muscly and they could just, they could just fucking destroy you, you know? And I had a ex who was like, oh, they could totally read your thoughts. They read your mind. They can they pick up on all of these little subtle movements. And if you approach them with, you know, like a very clear intention that you are not there to fuck with them and you are on a level footing in terms of, you know, like if you let them take advantage of you, if you go in super timid, they will take advantage of you because they know they can. And especially, you know, all horses aren't the same. There's different personalities and some are real ornery and some are real passive and, um, the, from the time that she sort of, uh, explained that to me, my relationship, anytime I've been around horses, my relationship with horses changed immediately and drastically. So I think I even got a little bit of that going with horses too, and maybe cows, but <laughs> cows aren't super smart. Horses are super smart. I love animals. I would have liked to have been a veterinarian, I think, but, um, but, uh, telling like having to put animals down or, or having animals die like while I was working on them, I think that would just be too much for me to handle. So yeah, maybe I do have a little bit have like a little thing and I don't, I don't buy the whole like cat person, dog person thing. I think you might have a preference, but anybody who says like, Oh, I don't like cats or I don't like dogs. I think they're fucking crazy. Okay. Dogs and cats fucking animals are awesome. Animals are the best. Animals are awesome, and I <clears throat> I spend so much time wondering what my dog is thinking. I think I know, but I also, like, that seems a little bit arrogant. Um, and he and I, you know, obviously we have a very tight relationship. So I, I sort of feel like I would take the heal the people I love thing because 
actually, I think the, the my my relationship with animals uh, is exactly where it needs to be. Like, I'm mm-hmm. very animal friendly. You know, like I was sitting on the back deck uh, drinking coffee this morning and a gray cat bird flew up and perched like 15 feet from us. And I said, hey, buddy, uh, good morning. And then I'm just simply my, my wife is like, what? what why? <laughs> this is how I am. Like anytime an animal shows up, I'm sort of like, oh, hey, yeah. oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> Didn't you say that uh, like when you ride by? Um, you ride by bushes or whatever, you apologize. Like if your foot brushes over. Good thing. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes if I feel like I was a little bit too rush, rough on a, on a plant, I'll apologize to it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, this is a, this is a really good question. I spun off on uh, thinking about animals so much. I forgot what we were at, why we were even talking about that, but the, would you rather, I mean, to heal. So it's a genuine love. Um, What's what? What's the qualifier there? What do you mean? Like how? Because you you love people to different degrees. You say you have to genuinely love them. So it couldn't just be somebody you you just met, or it could be somebody you just met, but you love them. Maybe not as intensely as someone you have known for thirty years. I think it would be pretty tough to uh, do this with someone you just met. And I think it would be hard to do with a lot of people, you know, but, you know, like you like them, but you don't love them. (laughs) I mean, the point was, I don't I didn't want to turn this into like a universal power of healing. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be like, I mean, obviously your parents, there's a bunch of people in your life who you love and it would be a pretty big deal to be able to heal them. But I didn't I didn't want this to be a situation where people would be coming up to your front door being like, oh, hey, Steve, my cousin Terry is here uh, and she has a planter's wart. Can you, you know, that's um, it's so the scenario that was kind of unfolding uh, as so I was thinking, like you go to heal somebody who you think you love, <laughs> you know, but like the <laughs> the power knows that you don't genuinely. And then you're right. like, well, fuck, I guess I don't love you. Sorry, bro. I know. I know. <laughs> like there's 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 that there's that, too. It should be pretty wild. I mean, that'd be pretty illuminating for you as the healer. I well, thought I loved you, but apparently the spirit disagrees and so i can't do anything for you well here's the here's the positive spin on that because i thought about this scenario too what i thought was having this power but having it be love dependent would have you more focused on finding love in your heart for people like that wouldn't that Mm. would be an awesome thing like to prep because i don't practice that i don't like go to the grocery store like I say to the cashier, oh, hey, how are you doing? How's your day? I'm friendly. You know, but could I love that person? You know, they're lovable. They deserve love. I just think that would be pretty neat to be. I mean, you don't want to be like walking the streets like some religious prophet, like healing people left, right and center. But I do think like having that ability would then sort of um, maybe motivate you to be more generally loving. Mm, that's <clears throat> that's really interesting yeah uh outwardly and inwardly inwardly right. being you know foundational to inward love being foundational to outward love oh uh, what if you what if you yourself got sick and then 
tried to heal yourself and found out <laughs> now you don't no, love you enough. <laughs> I, I don't love me enough. Boy, that's a lot of pressure. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, awkward on a, I'm fucking on a into different it. level. Thanks for, uh, thanks I for putting like, that together. I like that. Yeah. You I would, would like, like to know when Django comes up to the, when I call Django to come in at night, when he comes up to the back door and like three feet away from coming, actually coming in the house and then just sits down and looks at me, I would, <laughs> I would like to be like, Hey, 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 I think that is an invitation to go outside and play. Yeah, it probably is. Or just to go, like, maybe, maybe he found some cool stuff he wants to show you, or maybe he just wants to like, walk the perimeter with you and make sure that everything's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's basically saying I could come in, but why, why don't you come out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, try, give that a shot. Next time he does that, just, just go outside and see what's happening. I mean, that's what I do. I end up in my well, pants out in the yard. <laughs> there you go. You, you already, <laughs> yeah. you already figured it out. You are, yep. you are telepathic as well. Yeah. Uh, so that puts us at an hour on the nose. Oh. Oh. I think let's keep fucking finish this thing. Let's Thanks for listening to revolting. If you have questions for us or topics you'd like for us to pontificate on, you can email me at stevel at cyclingindependent.com. If you like this, Oh, or robot at robot robot at cyclingindependent.com. True. Uh, if you like this or any of the other fun stuff you find on the cyclingindependent.com, please share it with a friend. <laughs> It's the only way for us to keep this party going. So on behalf of the cyclingindependent.com, I'm Steve. I'm Robot. Don't forget to suck it. <laughs> <laughs>